Hey everyone, um, before we start this week's podcast, I'd just like to uh, send our condolences out to a few families of the Alberta bowling family. Um, Fred Anderson passed away a couple weeks ago, Don Bobinick passed away early this week, and Brad Anderson, we heard, unfortunately passed away. Huge names in Alberta bowling, and uh, just like to send our condolences out to the family. Enjoy this week's podcast. All right, welcome everybody to podcast number 29 from 5-Pin Universe. We have the regulars here, Dexter and Tim Wiseman, Adam Weber, myself the host, Carrie Kreitz, and special guest, Sean Langlois. Originally from Nova Scotia, moved to Rossburn, Manitoba in 2010, has been part of uh, the Manitoba scene for quite a while, and has joined the WCBT and playing quite regularly. Um, so our first question, guys, or I guess our first topic is the 2019 Gallagher Cup. Uh, all four of you are playing for the wrong team, but uh, JB Reigns is supporting that team. Um, what what gets you most excited about this new event? Is it the style or the amount of players or who's playing in it? Um, for me, it's a combination of all that and the fact that our team is wearing headbands. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Pretty pretty sure not everyone signed off on that. <laughs> uh, be a team player, Weber. Uh, no, cover that cover that glare there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think the whole idea of it, the whole concept, the not knowing who you're gonna be partnered up with with matches or who you're facing, and the, having that all decided by a coach, it's just such a unique experience, and I'm really looking forward to it. I just can't wait for something new. Yeah. We really, really, really haven't had anything super new for, for a long time. And even when we first talked about this, you know, podcast way back, uh, instantly everybody had that, that little bit of hype around it. So I'm really happy to see it come to fruition. Uh, excited to see what the coaches end up doing uh, with the personnel. Uh, excited to lift another trophy with you boys here. And, uh, yeah, no, just looking forward to the whole experience. I think I think the whole idea of it, just like the competitive, but the fact that usually when when people are watching us, like through the different tour events, everybody's so serious and and focused, and yeah, the odd time you hear somebody, you know, growling or whatever it might be, this one is going to be fun. So it's going to bring that whole. You're going to get to see a whole different set of personalities with it. I think that uh, we don't get to play when we play on a team. It's a different vibe than playing by yourself, and it's, it's kind of cool in a way that we have this. I guess you can say an all-star team. You're playing with both teams, right? You don't get to play with normally a lot of people. Like I don't get to play with Sean before. I don't get to play with a lot of the other ones. And for these coaches to mix and match us, where we might not actually get to play with these people in, in the past, and we get to do this kind of stuff. I think that really cool right and obviously bragging rights are on the line we we obviously we want to win right and and i think that's going to be fun but i just think it's a a good start to a good weekend yeah i think yeah. You're, you're definitely going to see lots of people um be excited and i i don't know if you'll see frustration so much unless somebody's really struggling but the you have nine other people behind you instead of the five or the four through the open and the masters and 
the events or the matches are so unique that nobody's ever ever been in a position where like say irish doubles where somebody leaves you a corner and you have to pick it to win or a situation like that i think it's uh it's going to bring a different dynamic to it and i i really hope it goes well yeah i I think so i think there's a lot of people that are outside that are really looking forward to watching it and seeing how it's going to go yeah and we have it lined up like live streamed um there's going to be commentary there's going to be hopefully we'll have video of the team captains picking the match selections before the each round and stuff like that we got lots of ideas i hope it hope, hope it all comes to fruition i guess So to see how the remainder of the team uh, kind of reacts to, you know, like a ball for ball type basis and see what type of cheering there is. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of jeering as well, uh, especially with uh, the two Wisemans here. <laughs> and because uh, I, 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 you see, you know, that style of venting golf and it, it, it's such a huge deal for those players. Uh, obviously, it's a different dynamic. They're playing for, for countries they're playing for, for stuff like that. Uh, but I, I love seeing just the camaraderie in that type of an event that you just don't see in a regular tour event. And that's really what I'm, I'm interested to see what happens this weekend. I, I think the 10-game Baker's to finish. I think that's going to be a crapshoot. I'm not going to lie. You know, <laughs> I think there's going to be more pressure on that one frame than a lot of us have had on certain things, right? But uh, I think that would be kind of neat. Uh, I think... Yeah, it's going to be interesting on that aspect. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know. Uh, but not, nothing, like you talk about playing for country or, or team, I mean, nothing's better than playing for GB. So I yeah. think, I think we're, we're going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when uh, I think Adam just said about the, the jawing and, and, and making jabs at each other, yeah. it, it's going to remind me a lot of Candlepin because there's no being quiet during that you're somebody's constantly on your back and chirping in your ear while you're getting ready to throw. So <laughs> I think that's what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. All right. So you're all set to trash talk the shit out of people. No, I, I learned, <laughs> I learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yes, it backfires every time. Good old karma. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Sean. I I still run my mouth, but I still lose every time. So. Oh, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> Special. Well, of course, I usually do my trash talking with the Oilers, and it just backfires anyway. Would you just stop talking then? <laughs> I know, right? Last year, I I kind of shut up. <laughs> you had good reason to <laughs> go blues yeah I'm really looking forward to it it's just such a unique change to the team event it's a team event within a team event yeah super cool yeah it's it's the first fresh change I've seen in a goalie tournament forever so happiest really. thing for me I guarantee not to play Gary Bears. I, I hope yeah i hope they match exactly. you guys up in a singles match no, they're on we the can't. Same we're on the same team oh yeah that's true good call 
and, and Dester's not facing Mark Miller, so that's also a bonus. So, yeah. And I'm not facing Weber, so that's also a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, see, look, stars are aligning, Jerry. Like, it just, it just makes sense. They are. It's true. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter to me, because I think I pretty much lost everybody anyway, so. <laughs> My record doesn't do so well on singles. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I... It's gonna be yeah, like you said, completely different atmosphere. I think it. I I just can't wait for it. I I really hope everybody enjoys it too. I hope the live stream goes well and it's easy to follow and all that good stuff. So, love to see a good crowd in the in the background too. Yeah, the whole we've heard. Hopefully, there's lots of people. Yeah, we've heard there's gonna be a few people. Um, obviously, more people are gonna be coming down for the Saturday, but. You never know. Hopefully, we get quite a few of the locals coming in to see what this is all about, and um, some family members of the people playing in it. Because obviously, there's 20 competitors and four coaches. Hopefully, there will be uh, family members coming down with them. So, so and if if anybody's listening, it's free to go on the Friday. So if yes. you guys want to come down and check it out, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I do believe the match selections and practice starts at 5:30. And then the actual bowling itself, the live stream will start around 6.30. So. Oh, good. I have an hour to warm up. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus, so we're, we're still doing the, uh, the, uh, the little pro. Yeah, the uh, mentorship. Uh, get together. The yeah. mentorship, yes. Yeah. So hopefully there's a crowd that sticks around after that as well. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of neat to watch... Uh, some of those youth stick around and cheer on some of the people that were coaching them for the hour before or talking to them. Kind of neat. Yeah. That's, that's always a pretty cool experience. I remember when like we were kids in, in the youth and they first started the, the world for Candlepin, And one year they had some of the guys from the States help run the clinic. And it was the kids were, like we were all just jacked right up because we were so excited for it. Oh, one, I got to turn off my. <laughs> professional, no professional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. It's not my laptop, so. <laughs> um, there was a question that was submitted last week by, uh, I do believe it was Sarah Ouellette. Um, what do you guys feel like, especially during the, the finals or the, the championship Saturday about hand slapping in between shots, um, congratulating the other player for a good shot and stuff like that. It's not so prevalent in other sports, obviously. Um, why do you think in five pin bowling, um, it's a, it's a thing like everybody does it. I, I think I've only been in one match where the other person didn't want to slap hands during between shots, but other than that, everybody else does. Uh, I'll say I think it's a hat and it's and it's karma. I think because I, I I feel like you're always obviously you want the best, but you don't you don't want to like I don't know you want to cheer them on too in a way, but in most sports you don't really care about that I guess right, but. Uh, I don't know. It just it kind of keeps things going. It, we've done it for so long. Like when we were talking to Freddie, it just just kind of becomes a habit. You don't even think about it, and you have your hand out there. And then if somebody doesn't put their hand out there, you're kind of like, you know, like, oh god, what are you doing? Like, why why do you be such a jerk? You know. And so 
So then, then you don't want to be that guy, right? So you kind of put, do put your hand out, and it's like, well, that's so that's how that's what I think about it. It's like I'll put my hand out any day, um, except for against Dexter the one time. Yeah, your twin absolutely... doesn't agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he absolutely smoked me. So that's what I I'm annihilated you. Karma. It's called karma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. Um, there is something like the bowling gods, the karma, and mm. you know it's the same thing. I, I've chirped so many people when they rip a three pin, and I know that next shot is going to be a right three pin, <laughs> like guaranteed. You just you just learn to keep your mouth shut. You just you just do it. So, um, and it's such a close knit community. I mean, we've known three cores these people majority of our lives, right? So, um, it's hard to cheer against a person, or not really against a person, but it's hard not being supportive of a person that you consider a friend too, right? So, I think again at the end of the day, we're better off just being like good people over good bowlers, and we're all friends. So, yeah. I think oh, it's yeah. what kind of kind of makes the, the unique sportsmanship of five pin bowling so great, right? And I think that's why there's so many people drawn to the sport because of that kind of close knit, or it, it's not ex- always super serious. And even in big matches like that, it, you know, you, you can still be the bigger person and, and you know bring that sportsmanship to the forefront. And quite frankly, I, I think that's what more sport needs. Uh, but at the same time, I, I can totally understand why somebody wouldn't want to get involved and just stay in their own game. I think that's why we've seen the, well, I mean, there's numerous reasons as to why we've seen growth in the WCBT and, and those sort of tournaments too. But I really think that the, the way people handle each other has improved so dramatically over the last 20 years that it's just, it's a far more comfortable scenario because I think people go out of their way to be more like, you know, make that scenario more comfortable for people. Um, that, yeah, I, I really think that's why we're seeing growth and stuff too, or one of the reasons. I think it, it has something to do with like, I compare it to golf. Cause when a guy makes a good shot or a long putt, usually the playing partner will slap high five them or whatever. It has a lot to do with no defense, right? It, I can't defend what you're doing. Right. So, if you make a good shot, good on you. And hopefully the karma rubs off when you like you slap hands mm-hmm. with them, right? And it's all about positivity because obviously you got to be in positive mind space to play really well. And um, you can't defend what they're doing. So I think that has a lot, to, a little bit more to do with it now. But yeah. Definitely agree on the positivity. And that's probably the reason I hate like the, the fist bumps or um, – like the, the, the closed fist the type, type idea. Yeah. Like it, it just drives me nuts. But, uh, yeah, it, it is a bit of a karma thing as well. I, don't know, I think it's more sportsmanship than anything. And, and a lot of the times, too, like depending on where you're bowling, at some point you're probably a teammate with one of the people that you're, you're with. So outside of the tour, like I'm outside of this weekend, I may never be on a team with you guys again unless it's something like this, but with, with when you're in your league or something, you know, you may be on a different team or provincials or whatnot, but we're also not playing for millions of dollars either. So <laughs> you can kind of take that out of it too. But it, like I said, it is, it, you're pretty much friends with everybody or acquaintances or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you so, think it changes for the Friday night event? 
Oh, for no, I, I think I think it'd be more. I think people will be slapping more on Friday than they will be on Saturday. I think there'll be both. I, I think don't there'll know. be some. I think I, I don't think I will like slap hands with people because I, I want to. But <laughs> <laughs> I, there, there might be some fist pumps in people's faces. I don't know. Who knows? There, I, there I, might I be think, some comments. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the front. I think the beginning will be. Like all jury, and at the end, it'll be all serious. To be honest with you, I think people will be like having a good time, a little loose in the beginning, and all of a sudden, when it comes down to the end, where they want to win, I think they're going to be a little bit more serious than you think they are. If it's close, yeah. If it's not close, then it could go the opposite direction. Yeah, well, that'd be bad for TV. (laughs) 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 So, so Dexter, since Sarah brought this up, I'll ask you a question. Who would you rather give a, a, a high five to, Danny or Sarah? Oh, who's uh, your favorite? Um, <laughs> I'd have to give high five to Danny first because he doesn't have the little midget hands and he can give me good high fives. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you hear that, Sarah? <laughs> Hope that answered your question, Sarah. <laughs> Any topics out there, guys, since I brought up the first two? Well, Dexter, uh, is there anything new in your rule book corner? I I did weigh my bowling balls, everybody. They're, they're three pounds, <laughs> six out, six, three pounds, 6.7 ounces. All right. Gary did weigh his bowling balls. They're three pounds, 4.2 ounces. So he is just over the, the legal limit. Dexter, do you have that by chance in your rule book corner? I, I I brought it up already. I brought it oh, up last okay. week. But right. but that being said, um, yeah. So just so everybody knows, uh, this whole ball topic created quite the havoc with Tim. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was adamant that he did not want them weighed, uh, which we were. I mean, I I didn't I didn't care. But we we were getting information for the WCBT finals, and Tim. <laughs> Tim could have just let them weigh them without knowing what it is, but Tim is a head case. Tim Man. thinks about nothing, nothing with his game, thinks about nothing, and he finds out that his bowling ball has lost an ounce in 20 years, and it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So if you're ever facing Tim, just talk to him about anything bowling-related, and you're going to win. <laughs> Almost guaranteed. I- I I laughed almost that whole podcast last. <laughs> I'm serious. I I actually and it wasn't like a pity thing. I'm actually looking for a four and seven eight three now. Uh, like <laughs> he, he he just randomly went and took his bowling ball in the middle of work and stormed into the mechanical room it was without talking to anybody. Killing me. It was stormed killing me. in there, weighed his bowling ball, stormed back, and continued to like throw a temper tantrum about weighing his bowling balls, which he never had to do. So talk to him about his bowling balls and you will win. Um, but that being said, guys, like he throw, he's thrown the same ball for 20 some odd years. Um, he doesn't blow through corners. If you start blowing through corners, you might want to consider going to a lighter ball, you know, or if you're seeing your ball deflect in front of the two pin, you might want to go to a heavier ball because you're getting too much deflection off that three pin. Tim doesn't have that problem. Tim has never left 
you know, had his ball jump in front of the two pin ever. So I really don't understand what his concern is with his I, ball. It was funny. Other yeah. than he's got I, a two cent brain. I, I, <laughs> touche. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I threw, threw some practice games with Dexter after work today. And I picked up my bowling balls and I was like, oh God, I have to look if there's engravings on these things now. Like, so now, now, I, now I started freaking out about engravings, but I found them. If I take the white chalk, I have the engraving still there. We're okay, Curry. <laughs> you understand the whole point of that was the information for the commentators. It wasn't to check regulations to do any uh, of that oh, stuff. Oh, uh, uh, 100%. But, but I, 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 I'm a nutcase, and I just don't want to. I just, I just want to point out that Tim threw his three pound, six and a half ounce ball, and I threw my three pound, eight ounce ball, and I beat Tim by 150 in two games. <laughs> so that ounce and a half makes a big difference. It's all about that. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, so Carrie, with, with you, you know, or the the tour, I guess in this case, uh, they're going through, they're gathering all this information. What if they find out that, that there is a ball that's not legal certification, right? So that's up to the person they're playing against because it's a one-on-one -on -one match, right? So once it gets onto the lane, it becomes a house ball if it's not engraved. So either player could use that bowling ball, but it doesn't really affect anything else. Right, but what about weight? Weight, what about weight? size, so all that. That <clears throat> that would be up to the opponent because the opponent could call him on it. But like you said, that's not for the player's information. That's for the commentator's information. So if the commentators don't give out that information to the other player, you wouldn't know. But you'll find out later in the production that that person might have been throwing a legal bowling ball. So that, don't that don't makes it even worse that, though. That's yeah, exactly. That's uh something that needs to be discussed when it's weighed if the person that is getting their bowling ball weighed if they want to know the information and the person that's playing them if they want to know the information they they have a right to that information yeah so weigh-ins do i need to take off my shirt or is that <laughs> for the love of god Jeez. we're, we're doing weigh in a day early so you got to cut weight to me <laughs> No, he needs to gain weight. He's oh, too light. Yeah. Too sorry, light. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you, Dex. Yeah, so, so Adam, you are right. Like With this weigh-ins, we're just doing it for information just to fill in time, right? But it is a, it is a rule in the C5. If the people want to know, they have a right to know. Just because we're bringing in that equipment to do that doesn't mean that they will. It's just it is what it is. And, and you know, to to be clear out there, you know, ninety nine point seven percent of bowling balls that people are throwing are going to be within the spec. No. Like that, that's oh, not yeah. an issue, right? No. It, no. It, it, it's going to be the you know the odd house ball that might be you know really been shaved down to to get rid of nicks or you know stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I would hate to find out after the fact because I think it I, I think this kind of opens a bit of a can of worms, right? If you guys are doing that even for the commentary basis I, I would suggest if there's a ball that's found to be out of spec that the commentators or somebody at least give that player a heads up yeah right it, it may, may maybe they're unaware of it well right? it, it's still up to the player to find out right we we will be measuring it and they can ask but we're not going to go out of our way to provide the information to them that's not our job Mm -hmm. that's up to the player they know we're going to be measuring and weighing them so they just need to ask can i get a list <laughs> of your opponent's bowling balls you bet sure 
Every one of them, please. No, <laughs> just, <laughs> just your opinion. Oh man, I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm I, like, I, I, I plan on going deep. I... So, can I just get the phone? <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's fine. No, it it, it, it it's been a, a really comical week uh, because of it all, but it 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 is a, a potentially serious issue, yeah. uh, especially if it's found out afterwards. So and and it should be addressed. I don't think people should yeah. be playing with illegal equipment. There's rules yeah. for a reason. Um, although, like the engraving rule is, I can't understand it, and I never will understand it. But there's a rule for a reason, and. Um, we're going to do our part because we're going to follow C5 rules because we're not against the C5. And that's, it is what we're going to do. So. Uh, Adam, I agree. Adam weighed his bowling balls and they're actually three, nine. He thought they were three, eight. Yeah. So yeah, they're actually of, a little bit up. He has a set of star lines. <laughs> that must've started at three, nine, which is weird. Cause they, they only make them to three, eight. So like I said to people before, there is a variance in these bowling balls. Which is why I don't think Tim should have been concerned to begin with, because they may have never been three pounds eight ounces. Yeah, I'm There's... sorry, Timmy. Now my mind is all over the place because <laughs> now I know they're above weight. So I don't know. Now we're in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys just no, threw I'm the big away. ball, anyways, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you're ever going to make an adjustment ever, Tim. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I. These stupid little things will be in my head when I'm up there and I'm talking to myself. And the dumb things I say when I'm getting ready to bowl, I'm like, why am I even thinking of this? Like, So if I'm sitting there thinking, okay, which ball is overweight, which one is not the right weight, or which one is lighter, which one do I want to throw? I don't need anything else creeping into my head. I got enough squirrels up there now. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, and that's why you're on JB, JB's <laughs> team with us. The answer is easy for you, Tim. They're both too light, so what does it matter? <laughs> Realistically, we've been throwing this same ball for so long, it has nothing to do with the ball. It's the person throwing it. So, it, Especially at a house that you know somebody like yourself, Tim, has played really quite well there for at least a few years. Right, it just it makes no sense why that would even make any difference in your mind, right? You're just gonna go out there and throw. So I don't know. Here's a question for you guys. Do you think the WCBT, because a lot of people bring more than one set or one bowling ball, do you think the WCBT should measure them all and record them all just in case they make a ball switch or anything like that? Or should it be the set that the bowler presents? Like Tim, if he decides that he's just gonna throw the hard rolls on the measuring table. <laughs> Do you think the WCBT has the right to measure everything in their bowling bag? It's, it's yes. your event. It's your event. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, because there is the potential of that change. But realistically, somebody could also grab anybody's ball from the from the crowd too, right? So Right. So um, here, here's a topic. So in ten pin at certain events you're only allowed like let's say six bowling balls and they have to be registered with the event which means you can't go and grab somebody else's bowling ball, the, a seventh ball from anybody else, and throw it. You only are allowed those ones registered. And if you do bring another ball, you have to pay a penalty. So it's like a, a fine if you have to drill a new bowling ball or like that. Do you um, – I have five pins not that in-depth, but would you feel that that should be a situation where – 
it's only the bowling balls you measured registered, so you can't go grab somebody else's bowling ball. I, I think on this event, yes. I think if you're if it's the main event, like a TPC or a Regina, too many people and not enough volunteers. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what you probably would have to but think about. If it, if it wasn't for that, I would still be okay with that. I would be okay with it. I mean, to me, that just means if you limit it, that means, you know, you just you just do more information. There's more strategy involved. And I don't mind that, you know, being like, hey, I'm going to this house. I think this ball will work. I'm going to try this ball. And, you know, bring a couple different bowling balls at this time because, you know, from your information, this is what you think. It's no different than, like, you know, going to a golf course and getting, like, readings. Like, okay, well, you know, how is this whole how is this whole playing? Same sort of thing, right? Um, I think I think it'd be interesting to do it. I know also in lawn bowling. Lawn bowling, you have to register all your bowls. They have serial numbers. You register it. It, it all ha- – and there's, like, a – there's a lifespan on them. You can only cert- use them for a certain time period too. So, um, I don't, I don't mind the idea, but I, I am in agreement with Adam that I think if somebody does have a ball that is illegal, that finding out afterwards would be way worse. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I guess, that's something where it would become a regulation that you would have to get them measured, measured, and make sure that they're approved, right? Yeah. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the more the more information that can be provided for bowlers and the more um, within the rules that we can keep bowlers, then the more competition will be leveled out, right? It'll, it'll be on the abilities of the bowler. It won't be somebody throwing an illegal set of bowling balls or whatever reason or rhyme or reason they can get, right? Yeah. And, and for the <laughs> listeners out there, I, like... Definitely, if you're if you're worried about like um, balls are too light, definitely like house balls, especially if you see older house balls. A lot of them are super light, um, especially if you see the old Brunswick balls out there. All of those are like a tar coating and like a wood core, and the wood core deteriorates over time, so they start getting super super light. I've seen, I've seen those those Tiger Brunswick balls, old house balls weighing under three pounds and for regulation between three pounds four ounces and three pounds 12 ounces so keep that in mind if you see them on the rack you don't want to throw a ball that's super light either you're not going to get great results i mean some people can get away with it gary gary barrett is the anomaly but uh yeah keep that in mind sorry sean for cutting you off yeah, Do you I remember what you were saying? saying now. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> oh, just came. Has has anybody been like actually caught with using illegal balls? Uh, not in game balls. <laughs> yeah, not illegal balls, but there has yeah. been a ruling. It was Masters, um, 2014. Yeah. 2014. Yeah, there was a a call on a gentleman from Saskatchewan oh. that had non-engraved bowling balls. Um. But the ruling, as far as I know, the ruling, maybe Dexter can look it up, is that those bowling balls would have to stay there for the rest of the match or the rest of the tournament. I'm not too sure. The rest of the tournament. You it can't should be the rest balls. of the tournament. Yeah, so they become yeah. house balls, so anybody can use them. But um, from what I remember, the, the Saskatchewan they bowler ended them. up pulling them off the rack, yeah. Yeah. Which I, think I don't was, think yeah. was right. But I think he was just upset. I think he just said, you know what, I'll take it off. And, yeah. I, yeah. It's such a stupid rule. Who cares? I, um, I think the I think the I think sorry, sorry I think the engraved 
engraved ruling only came about because people couldn't distinguish other people's bowling balls. But at the end of the day, if you know, honestly, like, it doesn't make any difference up there. You know, yeah, be an adult and have a conversation with somebody. Be like, hey, sorry, those are my personal bowling balls. Could you not use those? Problem solved. Done. Right. Like that. It's really yeah. that simple. Just just have an adult conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the pro- problem is, there's people out there that will take advantage of those little niche rules. And they did. Right. Yeah. That, that and was, they did. That was the point of it. Which yeah. Kind of sucked. It didn't pan out for them anyway, so it doesn't matter. But. Yeah. Um. It says personal bowling balls must be engraved with identifying letters or symbols for ball registration and identification process or purposes. So I, I, at some point they've done some sort of ball registration. I don't know which tournament, but that they must've done it at some point to have that right. or, or put or it, or they, put, put it or, in there just for that aspect. Yeah. Or they no. thought they were going to, cause when, when did personal bowling balls come into place in Canada in five, I think it was like 1991 or 1992. Yeah, it was early. 90s. Yeah. It, it hasn't been a significant amount of time in the whole scope of things really. Um, so um, the penalty, Personal bowling balls that are not engraved with letters or symbols shall not be allowed for use in C5 PBA competition. Oh. So you simply can't use them, period. Okay, so that's why they were had to be pulled then. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well I so, think if you put them on there, they just become house balls. It says you and cannot use them. At all. Hmm. Hmm. Unless, unless you just donate them to the bowling center. <laughs> you, you know, for, for the event. <laughs> But I, I don't think you're supposed to be allowed to move house balls as it is. No, you're not allowed to either. either. No. Right? I so, thought I heard that one too, that you can't move yeah. a house ball from so lane to lane. Maybe that's how uh maybe that's how they got around it was just like, yeah, it's a it's a house ball now and then Yeah. yeah. Um I'm not gonna speak on behalf of the WCBT because I would have to be discussed, but I'm fairly certain we wouldn't enforce the engraving rule. We would make a stipulation I, because I think you'd be fine with it. Yeah. yeah, but just for the listeners and people that are going to be watching, if they're paying attention to that, it's not something that we're going to enforce. Um, the weight and the size of the bowling ball. We'll probably have a discussion with the top twelve players, and we'll we'll make a decision. Um, I'm my guess is it will be enforced. But like I said, I'm not going to speak on behalf of them because it's a board. It's a whole decision-making process, and there's other people we got to consider involved in it. So, um, but it's de- definitely and, something need to know. And realistically, I don't think anybody would have to change their arsenal. So, no, I, I'm, I'm guessing everybody's in. But hey, I guess uh, on the flip side, for the house balls that are being used on that particular set, I guess those would also have to be double checked. I thought there was a, a variance on house balls. I didn't think I, they had to be in spec. See, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't looked into that yet. Um, but my personal belief is that that is not the case, which is why, um, you know, back in the day before personal house balls, whenever they had a national event or anything like that, it was a requirement by the house to purchase all new bowling balls. And I think that that is part of the reason why, like, part of the reasoning in my head that they need to be inspected too. Well, I'm sorry. Rule yeah, number yeah. F, participants are prohibited from moving house balls from lane to lane during league or tournament play. So there you go. Yeah. We, um, I know when Bonnie June hosted the Nationals, they had to take off the small ones, the small purple and green ones or those ones. Um, so they had to pull them off. 
I know when we got certified, I know we had some smaller house calls, and those uh, Patricia had rings, and she had weights, and so she went through, and if it was clear through the ring and it was too small, it was off. Right. So if so it wasn't in that spec, then it, then it was gone. The the great thing about Heritage Lanes is they got pretty much all new bowling balls out there. So yeah, exactly. Really I never, never have to worry about that. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, it's all star. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I I remember somebody in one of the candle pin tournaments. A guy asked, he questioned somebody's bowling balls, and they they went after them to get them weighed, and it backfired on him. Karma got him. <laughs> <laughs> it, cost, it cost him and his team the tournament. So, so Sean, since you're here, Freddie didn't know what size bowling balls are candle pin. Uh, <laughs> so what are candlepin sized balls and weights? The they go usually from two pounds five ounces to two sevens. Right, and they're four and a half inches, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, that's what I thought because I just yeah. looked that up the other day too, and I'm pretty sure they are four and a half inches. Yeah, I I can't remember the the full diameter, but I know two. Very rarely somebody uses two five. The majority are either two six or two seven. And and you're allowed four of them. Yeah, they like, sell them in sets of four. Yeah, yeah. So why why is that though? Hmm. I think I think part of it because well everybody can put three on the rack, but with candle pin, uh, they get beat up so much. Oh yeah. Like because you got the wood on the lanes and the balls are just they they fly <laughs> they yeah. fly right so. It's nothing for a ball to come back with a, you know, a, a nickel or a quarter size chunk out of it. I I remember my dad, my dad had a set of balls, and they were fairly new. And he threw them down one night, and he asked the guy working. He said, "I'm missing a ball." So the guy brought him the ball back, and he had it in his hand. And when my dad took the ball out of his hand, he had the top third of the ball left in the other guy's hand. It, it split wow. it right off. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of bowling balls splitting in half. Yeah, like he oh, took yeah. a big chunk. So and um, even even when I bowled, like I I never threw overly hard, but I I would say twice a year I was I was repairing my own. Uh, so I just went through the specifications here and it doesn't mention anything about house balls being any different. It just says a regulation bowling ball shall not measure four and three quarter inches and, and, uh, same with the weight cannot be less than three pounds, four ounces. There is a one, like there is a quarter ounce variant. So realistically, Gary could use those soft rolls for another couple of years and bring them down to, you know, three pounds, three ounce and three, three and three yeah. quarter ounce. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, nowhere does it say that you can't, uh, that house balls are any different. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we'll move on to the next topic. So this will just be our special guest questions here for you, Sean. Um, okay. I know you spent a majority of your career playing candle pin. Um, so this may be from your candle pin experience or from your five pin, but um, who is your bowling mentor? Pretty much like everybody else, it was it was my dad, but it was more, 
on like along with him, it was the guys that he bowled with because they were a team, but they were all friends on top of that. So like, I think they went on a run of eight out of nine years where they won the provincials. So last, last year they were all inducted into the Cape Breton sports hall of fame. Oh, that's awesome. So like just, it was more or less how they carry themselves on the lanes and, and whatnot. And so it reminds me a lot of how you guys talk to each other and how you all, like you all get to bowl together. They had that same type of camaraderie and relationship where. So I just I just kind of fall, hope to bring that along with me and and carry it on. But in five pin, there there's so many because I've I'm just new to it. So like when I started, you know, I. I just met Karen Armstrong and oh. and and Sandy and Chris and then you go on the guy side and like my first team was uh, Ian Sylvester and Dave Mansell. Who trying to think who else was there? Ten years ago, I forget. But <laughs> one of one of the people that really welcomed me was Joff McMullen. Hmm? Like he every year. Every year we went away, he he was always the first one to come over to see me and, and wish me luck and, you know, tell me to go kick ass and, and whatnot. And so he always he always gave me that little boost. But And, of course, you know, Kathy got me into it too. So <laughs> she's kind of like a little motivation not to let her beat me too much. And <laughs> I got to say it. Of course, she's got one up on me right now, so she's got a goal that I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, what's your favorite tournament? Uh, I, you know, it was always Regina because I was in it, I think, four years. I made the cut four out of the five or three out of the four years. But bowling in Calgary? Mm-hmm. And making that cut, I I really enjoyed that one. I like the the format of that one. You make the forty, and then you move on, and then you got to bowl everybody, everybody once. That's that was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that one, and then the same with Red Deer. But pretty much any of the TPC events, I guess. Nothing like the 16s in Calgary. Yeah, uh, that was. I'll, I'll admit that's my favorite too. Like, yeah, so I yeah. agree with Sean on that. Same. That was a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but a Red Deer, Red Deer at the end of the weekend, I think I was from Friday to Sunday, I think I was about 45 games. Whew. So I was yeah. feeling that pretty good. <laughs> yeah, both Red Deer and Calgary on Sunday, they're long days, especially yeah. if you make it to obviously autumn open 16s, but heritage if you make it to the final four like that that's a long day yeah 20 24 games before the finals yet yeah and then the like red deer to run the the consolation yeah yeah that was that was a little extra too yeah (laughs) i i enjoyed when you won sean (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed it too (laughs) (laughs) But like, I bowled, 
when I got up to bowl against Danny. He's like, oh, look, a, re- a rematch from Yorkton because they had a Yorkton tournament one year and he beat me. <laughs> and, I, and then I think I had Sean next. And I had never bowled against her. Right. And then when I realized that one against her, I can't remember who was next. The, one of the other girls. And then I saw Gary. I was like, Gary and Adam? Oh, this is torture. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. So how, many, how many times have you faced uh, Weber in your lifetime? Twice. That I can did remember. He, did you did you get him the first time too? No, he got he right. threw a 400 against me in Cal- <laughs> <laughs> All right, one for one's not bad. <laughs> or two, what? One for two, one for two. And 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 all honesty, from that one, I think I won five out of my next seven. After that, amazing how that works too. Yeah, yeah. And that was the one I think you went from you threw down. I think in the second frame or third and punched, and it turned out to be a chop spare, and then you clean ran the table out. Yeah, that's his well, whole career like, right there. Uh, and, he, and he just took that? It's <laughs> yeah. the only way he can spare one. Solid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, man, just my luck. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you consider to be your toughest match then? Ooh, any singles match. <laughs> <laughs> Most singles match, I've always had a hard time. Like, because I don't know what it is. I get in my own head. But I hope our coaches are listening. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had more success obviously because I, I, you know, I made the top 10 in Calgary and I get in the consolation for, for red deer. So I'm happy with that. But then toughest match, this is outside of the tour, whatever. Yeah. And the last two years, and our Minidosa, at the end of the year, we have a fun tournament and we have a battle of the sexes. And we lost both years. My team lost to Kathy and Debbie, the owner of Minidosa. Singles and team event, doubles event. <laughs> and I just can't, I can't, can't wait. And like, I, I know Kathy's a very competitive person, so I can't oh. imagine she just lets you off without <laughs> trash talking you a little about losing on those. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> we live an hour. We live an hour from Minnedosa. Like when we. <laughs> oh when we, no. <laughs> so it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as soon as the bowling season starts, it's it's right back in our face. So. <laughs> good i like it yeah I like it. um so what equipment do you have there sean i have my shoes are sst sixes i believe and i got them when i first came in 2010 so they've they've done me well good shoe and then i got a set of rams and i just Last year, bought a set of soft rolls, and they are, I think, four and seven eighths and three eighths. Are you liking the soft rolls more than the Rams? It depends on where I'm at. On wooden lanes, the 
soft rolls, I get a little extra movement. So it took me a while to figure that one out. But it, it really depends. I get more action with the rant, with the soft rolls when I'm when I'm hitting, but for it, it all depends. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, so since you're fairly young to the five pin world, um, what's on your bucket list? What's the one thing you want to win? I would love to win any, any singles event, like any cash, one of the cash tournaments for sure. But I, I would say to win a gold medal with Kathy because like my, our first year we got silver in BC and we we lost to Quebec that year, but that's one of the few things I remember. <laughs> and uh, Sylvan, Sylvan, and Natalie, and and uh, Isabel were all on that team. But you know that was a tough team, and I think outside of Kathy and Gary Ham, we were all we were all rookies on the team. Oh yeah. So to come out with a silver, we were pretty proud, and then. But I would say definitely to win a, a mixed gold with her and be pretty cool. Yeah, agreed. Since, since I didn't get to bowl in the worlds with my dad and win that with him, so right. I have to I have to go with her for that one. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, uh, for sure, for sure to win a, a one of the cash tournaments or even a you know one of the singles events at the, at the open would be great. It's the, it's the gin now. What's that? <laughs> the gin, gin's causing problems. Yeah. They, they call it the earbud remover, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just regular gin. <laughs> No lemon in this. Yeah. <laughs> Is so, there any type of sport improvements that you've seen in your short time in five pin? With the start of the tour, like the way it's grown, it's just I I think it's great. It's it's getting so many more people interested in the game. I think, and the fact that it's being live streamed the way it is it's giving so many other people an opportunity to watch because like my, all my family watches it at home in, in Nova Scotia and Cape Breton. But my sister, she lives in Massachusetts. So anytime we're bowling, she's, she's logging on and she's watching. Like she, she just gets a kick out of watching us all. That's awesome. <laughs> she's like, Oh my God, it's so awesome. Like, it's new age. Yeah, but I think I think just the way it's grown is is great. Like it's not. I think we were somebody was talking about it one time. Like it's it's going slowly. Like it's not just jumping from obsolete again to big time where it's out of control. And hopefully, hopefully, it reaches that point where it gets back to TSN or CBC or Rogers, yeah. whatever can pick it up. Yeah, it's been on a steady growth, right? Like, yeah. Um, ever since the tour kind of started, 
I think it kind of had a, a level out year, the very inaugural year. But after that, it's been growing like 10% every year on uh, entries and around 5% on individuals. So it's the, the cash side, the competitive side or the professional side or whatever you want to call it is definitely growing. Uh, I'm not sure how that's reflecting towards uh, league play or anything like that, but I hope it has a positive effect on that as well. Yeah, and, and I don't understand why not, because if they can put cornhole on in the States, there's no reason why we can't get something up here. Isn't Sean, that the truth, Sean, I just watched Dodgeball's Dodge on today. Yeah, yeah. Dodgeball. TSN3. Right? Yeah, and, Mo- and Mohawk College, and it was a world championship in Hamilton. I'm like, what the heck? Like, how could you not? You've got to be able to watch that. That's the greatest thing ever. To watch somebody get smashed in the face with a ball is like prime TV. That's way yeah. better than the no, match will ever be. The, the, the announcers were absolutely terrible. They're <laughs> screaming, oh, did you see that? I was like, they just caught the ball. Like, it wasn't like, no big deal. But I agree with you there, Sean. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the great thing about dodgeball is being a teacher, I get to play it sometimes in class. Yeah. So the student, the students get to come at me a few times, and you know, I'm the teacher, so I got to hit them back. <laughs> yeah, Literally. but it's fun. Like, it's it's fun because you know they they come at you and they make you work. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was in high school, DB's buddy uh, Xander, he was he was our um, student teacher in gym class one day. And they decided that they were going to play dodgeball. And Xander never forgot me because I sacked him so hard. <laughs> For years after that. And he knew me because, like, you know, he, he DB told him about us. So it was, it was pretty funny. Years after that, he commented on it. Yeah. Oh, I still get I still get some students that come up to me that I taught, like, eight years ago. Remember that time in gym when I hit you in the face with the ball? (laughs) (laughs) Things they'll always remember. Yeah. Second day, second day I taught in in Manitoba here in the school, one of the students, we were cleaning up and he threw a ball and caught me in the side of the head and my glasses went flying and he never forgot it. Every time he sees me, he still says it. (laughs) Is this something we need to add to five pin? <laughs> Sport improvement. That's it. There it is. A little bit I, of contact. <laughs> but back to the tour part, I, I think Kerry's, uh, when he's mentioned that the membership plateaued after the first year, I think as soon as he had uh, the videos and the, and the tour finals, I think that's what really put the tour over the edge. And increased it also. Well, and like Sean had mentioned, TSN, CBCs, I think that's a lot of people are looking to get back onto television. It may not be on cable or satellite, but it's being post-produced. It's being under the lights. Mm-hmm. So at least there's there's something to look forward to. And you could be like, look, I have a video of me playing under the lights. And Yeah. And YouTube now is probably more more accessible than anything on on cable or satellite so well i don't know about you guys i can't afford 140 dollars a month on satellite so internet here it comes (laughs) what uh what every sport needs is a hero um every sport needs like you need to have you know as a kid growing up and all that stuff you always have heroes watching all your sports all your hockey i don't know like i mean 
we, we just we just got Weber an Al McKinnis jersey, right? Everybody everybody has <laughs> heroes in all their sports, and and really TSN was like that's what it did for all the kids in YBC. I I loved watching it and you know seeing all those guys play, and I just want to be just like them and watching Jackson and those guys play. It, you need to have a hero, and I think by creating these videos, you might create a hero for those kids. You know, right. Prime example is the Karen Armstrong shirts out there. Yeah. Right? I mean, that is a prime example. They, they absolutely have tandem over her, right? Out in, out in, well, in, in Canada, everybody has a high regard yeah. for her, right? So yeah. uh, that's exactly what, what what we're talking about there. Okay, well, let's, yeah. transi- let's transition that kind of into a topic that, that kind of came up uh, about a couple weeks ago about uh, some of the pro memorabilia. Right, we, we we saw you know Mitch Davies trying to sell his uh, Regina shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got I got a funny story about Mitch when you guys are ready. <laughs> is it, Go for it. Go for it. The the first year I bowled in Regina, I think it was uh, well, BC. I bowled Surrey Langley in 2011, so it would have been 2012, and. We're we're sitting there Sunday because I had I bowled Doug Clark. He beat me, and then I went to B side and I beat Len. And right away I had to bowl Dougie again, and he ended up getting me again. So in between, Matt uh, Mitch was getting ready to bowl somebody, and he he was warming up, and Aiden Aiden was about five years old I think at the time. <laughs> And, and Mitch, you know, he gets a little excited. <laughs> so he, he was walking back and forth, talking to himself in a, in a loud voice. And Aiden looks at Kathy and I goes, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy was like, he's just trying to get himself ready for the match. And I'm like. Okay, this is all new to me because I've never seen anybody like that intense before. <laughs> Did you start yeah. a list at that point? Because I think yeah. that list has grown. <laughs> yeah, Aiden, but now Aiden just said what everybody was thinking. Yeah, yeah, and then he's and now that he sees everybody and he he kind of sees what we're all like, he's like, oh, that's normal. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so what, what do you what do you guys think about the the memorabilia idea? I love it. I think it's neat. I even talked to Tim this week. I was like, you know, I, I put up that Sean Rash bobblehead and the, and the Belmonte bobblehead. <laughs> I'm like, we should have WCBT finalist bobbleheads. <laughs> need need sponsors for that. <laughs> I, no, you're absolutely right. They're not cheap. It's not an easy endeavor at all. But I I think stuff like that is super cool. But. What do you think, like, Adam, you bring up a perfect point. What about 8 by 10s of professional shot of the top 12 players all signed and you auction them off? Or I, Unfortunately, like, I, Jeff Young at Elmira has the perfect thing. Has all those pictures all on his, uh, on his bowling center. I think it almost comes down to the proprietors that have to show the league bowlers that there is professionals or there is higher there's something to strive for and these are the legends in the sport or the ones still playing or or something it's it's so tough for 
me as a person that doesn't have a bowling center around me to go pawn off an eight by 10 of Adam assigned of Adam Weber. Like nobody, nobody cares. But if it mm-hmm. was at a bowling center and it was for sale, maybe those league bowlers purchase it and it becomes a thing. I don't know that. I guess that's kind of my thought process behind it. Uh, at sure bowl, we probably just laugh at it, to be honest with you. I don't think we sell any 8 by 10 The Weber ones for sure. Uh, yeah. You usually just yeah. put another picture over it anyways. Uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lonnie looks great. But I think there is I think there is a market for it, even even maybe 5 by 7s or something like that, where they can collect them a little bit easier. I think there is. Does it have to be that. a market, though? Or is it just a collectible? I think it's just a collectible. Yeah. There's I mean, I would... In, yeah. I would do it for, like, some of the some of the retired bowlers, too. I'd love I'd love to get, like, a, a black and white photo of Frank Levine and on the backside of it have all his accolades. Yeah. Just stuff like that I think would be super cool. Bruce Mortar. Picture of Bruce and, like, all his accolades, you know? Yeah. Fraser, um, Fraser and, like, all, all those exactly. living legends and Diane. Right, yeah, you know all the accomplishments, little stuff. I I I don't know if it's necessarily a market. Uh, You you could just have it as an unsigned versus a signed that goes out in in certain things. I I I don't know if it's necessarily a market. I I love the concept of it um, because it it does promote uh, the players. Like we we've brought this up a number of times that we're not promoting you know, the stars of the game or the legends of the game and, and all that stuff. Quite frankly, the majority of the, the legends only come out in Hall of Fames, right? They, their names finally come back out. Like, they're, they're not out there all the time. They really should be, right? Yeah. So I, I, I can see that promotion being more valuable than necessarily the, the item itself. Terry, you could, uh, you could probably do it like um... – a group of 12, the group of 12 or even the group of 20 at the Ryder Cup and get a picture of, and then everybody signs that picture. Yeah, for sure. You, you probably get away with that more than an individual but, one. Yeah, but like uh, as Adam's saying, that's more of a collectible, right? If you're looking at yeah. creating a market, you would you would have to pick the Mitch Davies or the Adam Weber and promote the heck out of them throughout the whole bowling industry and then it becomes an item like there's a cardboard cutout of adam weber in ontario at every bowling center for this month or something like that something that promotes that that whatever most recognized person in bowling or something to that effect where it gets league, league bowlers involved because let's face it i'm not buying a picture of adam weber no because i'm playing against him that's who i want to beat that's the whole idea but your league bowlers they're gonna follow those people. That's what you're trying to sell. It's or honestly, even... and and even more so than that, it's gonna be your kids. Yeah. Again, I really think it's the kids for sure. Um, they're the ones that will sit down and watch the YouTube videos. The adults will too, but those kids, they're gonna idolize those guys, and that's the difference. Yeah, right? we're, so... we're not trying to sell this in our demographic. We're trying to sell it outside of our demographic. That that's yeah. where you get the sponsorships. That's where you get the money, the inflow of money, right? So or even something yeah. silly like towels, because everybody uses towels, right? So if you had a towel with like their name or even like somehow an autograph in it, 
Well, where yeah. you could sell it and everyone's like, hey, I got an Adam Weber towel or I got a game the... used. The game <laughs> used. You use them one off every tournament, sell them off. Well, I have to tell you the Fre- truth Freddy there. Be all over that. Um, like soft softball does that, right? Like Brett Helmer is endorsed by Easton or whatever company. It could be like Epco could be sponsoring Adam Weber because he uses Starlines and they could release an Adam Weber Starline series. Like there's missed opportunities that the industry just I don't think they just don't care. They they're already selling the product. They don't need to promote it because the proprietors have to buy it from them. I just wish there yeah. was a a workaround, a company that came around and started promoting like Adam said, the players, like that would be a, a prime example, would be Adam's own line of bowling balls. Mm-hmm. The, the, hard, the know, hard part you, in, Can, in Canada, you need a Canadian company to do that, unfortunately, because yeah. uh, as you saw from the trade show down in Vegas, they don't care anything about you know Canadian <laughs> people. No. And I mean, for example, like Dexter is trying to do lane talk with, with uh, our new scoring system. They're like, oh, you're, you're in Canada. There's no use for it. Like, just yeah. just things. Just things like that, where it's just automatically kiboshed, or you could grow the market and could have uh, some kind of uh, advertising and stuff like that within. You know what? One thing I think the 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 whole you know five pin you know buy and sell page uh, that that's still flying this this week. Uh, what what I really think this might do is it might kind of put some of those manufacturers into a bit of a panic mode, right? Not everybody's buying a brand new set of balls anymore. Now people are going to go <laughs> to this extra market, right? So they're, they're going to actually have to work now because the bowlers in by themselves have devised a way to almost be the middleman right? or, or, or eliminate the, the, the manufacturer, right? All these balls are out there already. Everybody spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on new sets of bowling balls that they throw four times. And they right? never and now change. They never change, right? Mm-hmm. So now, now maybe there is an opportunity for the marketing side of it, or um, you know, for for at least some visibility from these manufacturers or or the the distributors. Um, like I know we, we've, we've had, uh, you know, Tim Thompson from, from Bufa come on and, you know, that, that was incredible just to have that voice on there, but I, I could really see it being pushed more by the manufacturers, especially with this page being so successful as it has been already. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Adam. Honestly, it's the manufacturers and the distributors because as proprietors, we're like, oh, our bowling sales, our bowling balls aren't down. It's really, not, we don't go down below. We don't push shoes a lot. We don't push bowling balls because Let's be honest. Everybody has shoes and balls. We yeah. don't. Need, we don't know what you need. But we, we don't have bowling balls that wear out in a year or two years. Yeah. We're not. We're not making. We're not making a living off of selling bowling balls. It is an addition for the bowlers to give them a, another service. But that that's about it, right? And and we're fortunate enough in our center that we have enough knowledge that we can guide them in the right direction. But there's a lot of places that don't have that. That being said. That's another nice thing about this buy and sell right now too, is that I think watching through it, some people are getting educated about what bowling balls do too, um, and that's that's nice to see too because the more education we have, the better we'll be. Right. So some of the different balls that nobody's really seen in the five pin world, right? Yeah. Like the duck Comanches pin. Yeah. and duck pin world, yeah. and the Comanches are on the way. That's cool. Manhattan's and yeah, it's 
I, I can honestly say I'm getting educated with it as well. So I, I'm glad I'm part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So to bring us back to the WCBT, uh, WCBT finals, I'm bringing down the durometer too. So if you want that information, we can use that too. Yeah. Just something neat. The durometer does hardness. Yeah. Yeah. The it hardness. affects the hardness of the material. Yeah. Which may be a reflection of the friction on lane, but might not be because they don't react the same or whatever. But <laughs> right. I mean, you you look at the star lines and it has it's high on the hardness scale. It's it's a hard ball, but it, it's more exactly. reactive than yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah. And and that was one thing I I noticed coming into five pin was the the quite the variance of balls. Like when we bowled Candlepin, I never thought of it. It's just like I'm just going to throw these ones because these they don't the touch ones. the lane. <laughs> <laughs> Hydroplane. Yeah. For for me, I my style feels very much the same from Candlepin and Five Pin. And the way I threw the ball and everything, I didn't. I never found found a difference. So hmm. when I first started, I was well. Actually, I actually became a better bowler bowling five pin because I had to slow down and take that extra time. Whereas you know, I can't even watch Candlepin now. I try and watch it, and and I swear half of these guys are got their eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just run up and throw. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you and Kathy are both one of the few people that don't swing their arms at the beginning like channel penders do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thing yeah. I've, I, I think when I first started bowling candle pin, I did, and it was only one hand, and it wasn't for much. And then I, as I got older, I, I changed my my style a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I almost used to whip it when I was younger from behind my back, like almost like you know when you play orthodox slow pitch. That's yes, almost the way. That's almost the way that I threw the ball. Well, and then, and then I just kind of alt- altered it as I got older and rounder a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dad bod. Dad yeah. bod. <laughs> Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap this up here, guys. We've gone over our hour. Um, I just like to thank you, Sean, for coming on. And uh, oh, thanks for having me. We'll see yeah. you in a couple of days at the Gallagher Cup. And um, I hate to say it, but you're on the losing team. Sorry, man. <laughs> you're, what you're do we say about this? trash talking? Four to one on this podcast right yeah. now. Doesn't I'm help you trying. on the lanes. <laughs> I'm trying to convince Kathy to stop in the Sherwood tomorrow night on the way through. Yeah, there you go. But come in and check it out. Big changes. Yeah, she might be looking for another shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I'll bring one in for her. <laughs> Reference. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Love thanks. It. All right. Thanks, thanks Sean. <laughs>